Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're chatting with the closest thing to royalty in the Australian barbecue scene. Hey family, hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. Today is super cool. As I just said at the top, we do have barbecue royalty here with us today. We've got Paul Reitmeyer from Silver Creek Smokers and he has built some of the most iconic smokers on the scene and he's actually been in the scene since before the scene was a scene. Uh, But I'll explain a bit more about that a bit later on. First of all, we just got a couple of announcements to run by you. The first is that Barbicon is coming. Yes, Smoking Hot Confessions is going to be putting on the world's first virtual barbecue conference. It's coming up in June, in on the 26th and 27th of June this year. It's going to be a full weekend. We're going to be bouncing around the country. We're going to be jumping into the backyards of various pitmasters, pit builders, rub manufacturers, pretty much anything any angle on the barbecue scene, we're going to be in there and we're going to be beaming it to you in your lounge room. So the Saturday is going to be all about cooking. The Sunday is going to be all about barbecue businesses. So make sure you keep your your schedules clear and keep an eye out on the socials because there will be some more information coming out about that over the next couple of weeks. The second announcement is if you're just at the beginning of your barbecue journey, do head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com, have a bit of a click around the website. We have a free ebook available for you. So the pop-up window is going to appear. You can put your details into that and we'll shoot that out to you. It's the beginner's guide to real barbecue. It's everything you need to know if you're just getting into barbecue and it is a pretty decent book. It actually just uh, picked up second place for written material at the NBBQA Awards just last week. So that's really cool stuff. Next, if you're watching this video live, that means you're already in the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue community on Facebook. And if you're listening to this later on, if you're not there yet, make sure you head on over and join us. It's, um, it's the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue community. And we like to do the live podcast recordings there because then people can post comments and questions and things like that for our guests. And we can have the guests answer that towards the end of the show. And it's also just a really nice place to hang out. Uh, the internet can be a little bit... Uh, little bit of a funny place sometimes but we keep that community really clean really good it's family friendly and it's all about barbecue which is sometimes a bit of a nice relief in these Facebook groups if you are watching this on YouTube do give do give us a thumbs up subscribe and hit that little notification bell if you're watching it on Facebook it's a like it's a share it's a comment and if you're watching on IGTV it's a cute little love heart and a follow And of course, if you're listening on a podcasting app, particularly if it's Apple Podcasts, do give us a five-star rating and review because that would really help us out. Okay, now, as I did say at at, at the top there, we do have Paul Reitmeyer from Silver Creek Smokers. Now, he started building smokers in 2005, and as a point of reference, the ABA didn't actually start up till almost a decade later. So that sort of gives you a bit of an idea of uh, of, of just how how OG, if that's a term, how OG he is. I'm not sure that's an adjective. I think I just made that up using it as an adjective, but we're going to go with it. Um, so he's now blacksmithing and fabricating a whole range of different stick burners to, sorry, from stick burners to custom trailer pits, commercial and restaurant fit outs. And he's also a huge fan of classic Volkswagen. So I think we're going to, we're going to sort of cover the gambit today. We're going to be talking barbecue, classic cars, welding, all sorts of different cool stuff. But I think that's probably about all you, that you uh, need to hear about this from me. I think it's time we get Paul in here. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. 
How long's it been since your last confession? Good afternoon, Paul. Welcome to the confessional, my friend. Thank you for joining us. How are you, Ben? Pleasure, Mark. Ma- Pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Mate, I want to say thank you to you. It's it's not a, a regular opportunity for us to be able to get um, someone who is so steeped in history in the barbecue scene in Australia, uh, such as yourself, on the show. So this is a real treat for us. So thank you back to you, oh, my friend. No, uh, it's, like I said, it's um, it's been a uh, roller coaster ride when I first started. Um, well, actually, first, I mean, I suppose um, looking back from so when I started barbecuing was probably when I was a kid with the old man, you know, sort of uh, uh, the old man will sort of say to me, you know, get the barbecue going, so I'll be out there cutting the wood, that sort of stuff, getting the fire going. We're always cooking over wood and charcoal and stuff like that. So I sort of started at a young age um, and, you know, lighting fires is um, is huge for me. I just, there's something about fire that it's just, um, it's intoxicating, to be honest with you. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners now would uh, agree. No doubt about that at all. I, I, I mm. dare say there are quite a few pyros watching right now with us. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I could have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could have copped a few, um, few belts for lighting uh, fires that I shouldn't have over the, you know, when I was a kid. But anyway. So yeah. So I just sort of grew from there, and um, and then obviously did my trade, which is uh, uh, fitting and turning. Which is that? That's my trade, and then I did tool making for two years, um, and then I did um, an apprenticeship in a sort of press tool, you know, metal stamping factory for ten years. Um, very old, you know. We used to use, um, you know, big presses that big draw presses for the um, for the military for the war and stuff like the big shell drawings and stuff like that. Um, all the casings, you know. I mean, this place had wooden power points. You know, it was seriously old and a lot of old machinery and that's sort of where my love of fabrication came from i guess um anything anything to do with welding cut you know bending fabricating rivets chain all that it's all that stuff you know um that's where it sort of grew i guess you know yeah yeah right wow right so you've been uh uh, manufacturing, you've been fabricating for for some time now. Um, yeah, you you started building smokers commercially in two thousand and five, from what I could read on the on the website, and that's nearly a decade before the ABA started. So, can you take us back to that time? So, what was the barbecue scene like in two thousand and five? I mean, that's what sixteen years ago now. Yeah, two thousand and five. Uh, well, actually, I actually started. I, I was making these things called like like little mini smokers. And I used to go down and purchase these little 20-gallon drums down in, um, it was near Laverton in Melbourne. And um, so I was building those, you know, sort of early 2000s. Um, and that's was, was sort of like, um, you know, you had, your, you had your heat on one side and you should meet on the other sort of thing. There was no firebox, there was no offset. Um, so I made those for a couple of years and um, they went all right, actually. Uh, and then there was sort of there was there was sort of nothing around, um, as in smoking meat pre two thousand and five. You know, I mean, it was very hard to get brisket. You know, let alone a smoker. So an offset, so a stick burner. So just researching a lot of the American stuff, and I came across a guy 
it absolutely just blew my mind. It was just like, wow. It was just, a, it was a, they say light bulb moments. It was a, it was a lightning strike moment for me. And that guy is David Close from Close Pits. And to me, he's like the godfather of building pits. I mean, his stuff was just, it just blew me away. I was just like, wow. And that was it. Mate. I knew where I was destined to be, you know? Uh, so I spoke to him, I called him up and, uh, basically told him who I was and he's, he's quite, he's a character. I'll give him a, he's a, uh, maybe call him eccentric a little bit. Um, and <laughs> he, uh, he was sort of a bit baffled why you know, a young guy from Australia was calling him. Uh, and then I explained to him why, and yeah, we, you know, chatted a few times after that and, uh, yeah, it, it just, it, it went from there. You know, so I, I mean, take it stuff, David's just, from the States then? That was from Texas. Yep. Um, I mean, he built anything from semi-trailer smokers, which was just, it's so over the top and that's sort of why I just, you know, I sort of fell in love with his work, you know? Um, and after seeing that, um, I decided to build a couple of small pits, um, and see how they went, which was pretty dismal. So I, I sort of, I've actually still, I've actually still got the first one I ever built in my backyard. Really? No one's ever saying no one's ever saying that one. That's <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it rough, but it, it's had a lot of changes over the years, you know. But it was my first attempt, um, and then obviously I built the Jack the River Pit, uh, which was my first trailer, and that was sort of two thousand and five. Yeah, around 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 that sort of time. 2004, 2000, it was around there. Uh, and yeah, that's sort of, um, that's sort of how it started, you know, and just obviously cooking. I mean, I love cooking. Um, I don't cook for myself, probably like a, a lot of people don't barbecue for themselves. They cook for other people. Um, well, I, that, that's what I do anyway. Um, I, I never barbecue for myself. Um, so I've, just for the love of cooking in general, um, yeah, mate, it was just, you know, it was just the way to go. So that's yeah. how it started. Yeah, Pretty nice. Much. Yeah. So, so. It was slow though. It was, it, it was a very slow undertaking as in trying to sell these pits. Um, I remember I used to light, I used to light a smoker up and drag it out the front of my house and have a little sign, you know, uh, smokers for sale and, so, you know, on a sort of semi-busy road, there'd be a, a pit smoking out in the straight and it was <laughs> put me little flies there and I'd sort of wait near the window and see if anyone stops. And yeah, it was, um, yeah. But that's how, it's, you know, because there was, just, there was just nothing like it in, in this country, people didn't understand what they were, you know. Um, that's what, that was what I was going to ask. I was going to say, like, did, did anybody know what it was that, that, that you were doing, that you were building? I mean, because, I mean, no. when... I was uh, 26, 27 at that time, and I, I had no idea what low and slow was. Mm. Well, I used to follow the, the, the barbecue scene um, in America because obviously, I mean, even in Europe, there wasn't even a barbecue scene in Europe. Um, 
that only happened over the last, from what I, from what I could gather, in the last, you know, five or six years, that's that has come big over there. You know, there's nothing in England. I mean, there was, I mean, obviously Germany are known for, you know, for for smoking their meats, but I'm I'm talking like an, a, a American style. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So yes, yeah, so I would say, and then um, so to sell them, um, I went to a few dealers as in like barbecue shops, and they mm-hmm. wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> so, so I thought, uh, all right, I'm on my own with this. Uh, I, I won't mention the company. They're quite large names in the game. Yep. yep. Um, but, yeah, they were just like, nah, there's no way. We're, getting, we're going down this line. And I was just like, okay. So I basically said to my wife, I said, I'm on my own with this. And, um. Yeah, I went quite a few years without making a wage, a long time, trying to get it up and running and putting the word out, you know? So a lot mm. of sacrifice to get yeah, where I am, yeah. a lot, a lot of sacrifice, yeah. Yeah, I don't doubt that for a second. Mm-hmm. If I can just sort of mm. take you back j- just a little bit, how did you actually get introduced to, to Low and Slow? How did you find out about Low and Slow? Did you go on holiday to America and discover it that way, or what's the story well, there? I've, um, no one introduced it to me, to be honest. Um, no one actually showed me anything about low and slow barbecue or about brisket or, or any of that sort of stuff. Um, I just discovered it myself. Um, like I said, David Close was, um, he was my main man. And obviously I was, I was looking at the stuff he was doing um, and just a huge inspiration. And obviously people with his smokers were putting on barbecues and, and sharing their photos and stuff like that. Um, you know, the internet was, wasn't, I mean, 2000 back early days. Yeah, there was, there wasn't, there's no near as much information as there is now. Um, yeah. So that's basically how I got introduced to it really. So if anything, I'll say David close, you know, so I've I've got a lot of respect for that man. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So were there... And then obviously... Sorry, man? I, I was just going to ask, um, so what were the competitions like back then? Were there any or was it, was it sort of just... Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, not here. Or... Over there, yeah, I used to follow... Yeah, I used to follow guys like, um, you know, Chris Lilly and Tuffy Stone and um, Paul Kirk. Paul Kirk is another one of my um, go-to guys. He's just, he's just a legend. You know, um, I'm not sure whether you've heard of him. Um, there's Chris Lilly and then there's guys like, um, you know, Big Bob Billy and, um, you know, Big Bob Gibson, um, barbecue pit boys were just starting out. I remember they used to do little cooks in their backyard with a home video camera, you know, it was just like, so I was following those guys. Um, obviously, Lil Muir was a big fan of him and um, even John Mueller was a big fan. Um, cook with some guys like Ed Mitchell and from, uh, from North Carolina. That was good fun. Um, but yeah, just basically, um, those sort of guys was, was who I was following at the time. There's a lot of other guys I used to follow and they're sort of gone a little bit by the wayside. Um, but yeah, I used to follow the scene quite a bit, the, uh, the American scene, the barbecue yeah, right. scene. Um, so yeah, um, it's actually one, I'll show you, uh, 
this book I bought in. This is, uh, I mean, these sort of guys. I don't know if you can see that. Where's my camera? Uh, they were yeah. smoking. Is the name of the book there that you're holding up? Yeah. I mean, have a look at that. Have a look at those guys. I mean, that's what barbecue is all about. I just, you know, they just yeah, yeah. And that's from Billy Bob Billy. You know, um, but that's a really good book. Love this book. Um, and like I said, Paul Kirk. I don't read a lot of books, but Paul Kirk got me into some really good barbecue sauces and um, just some techniques. Um, I think he uses um, a couple of close pits as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Now, to my, to my understanding, um, a particular point where the where the low and slow scene kind of shifted here in Australia was um, the yeah. Carnivore's Ball down in Melbourne, which I understand you had that that you were quite involved with. Could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being um, we did the first barbecue event in. Um, oops, sorry, that bit of Mark kept doing that. Uh, it was big first barbecue event in. Where was it? It was South Australia. Um, and we had four teams, I think. Um, so we, we went up there and we catered and sort of helped organize the teams. Um, Chris Gavin, do you know, you know, Chris Gavin Brown? Uh, from Western Australia? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, I mean, he's been in the scene for a long time you know, and, uh, he sort of, he, he sort of, he's behind the same sort of guy, but he's been in it for a long time, and uh, he um, he was up there and he he organised it as well, um, and yeah, that was the first one, and then we did St Kilda, which was another barbecue event, mm-hmm. which got a few more teams involved. That was good, and I met Jess sort of in between those times. Um, and she had some other projects on the go. Um, I think there was an, uh, another couple of guys, Red Red River Barbecue, I think. Um, they were all sort of around doing some really good stuff. Um, and then we just got together and we thought, you know, why don't we do a barbecue event? And uh, that's how sort of that came about. Um, so we did a couple of years, which was, I think, went really well. Um, and then she sort of took off to, to, to the States and she's um, flying high. She's doing some great work down there, you know. Um, she's, uh, I mean, you know, for the love of, of low and slow, she's up there, you know. She just, she's, uh, she's a good advocate for barbecue, put it that way. Definitely, you definitely, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's, she's taken barbecue in this country, you know, and she, she's been a big... Um, a big supporter of it and, and just a big, a huge part of it. Um, and then, uh, and then good old Jay came along a few years later and that's, well, that's history in itself, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's how the ABA was, mm-hmm. was formed then. Yeah. I think the first, the, the first event was at, um, where was it? Uh, Port Macquarie. That's sort of where it all started for Jay, I think. Um, and yeah, so he dipped his toe in there and, um, I mean, I mean, the way he organizes events, I mean, you know, how could it not yeah. be successful, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, the- then, and then meat stock is meat stock, you know, I mean, you, you know, it's very hard to beat that. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on 
ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Alrighty, Paul. So we're into the second session now, and I really want to sort of hone in on on Silver Creek smokers here. So we've already talked about the first smoker that you built in in two thousand and five. Now, was that for yourself, or was that as Silver Creek? So, like, at at, at what point did you um, say, "Hey, I'm going to turn this into a business and really give this a go"? Um, I think when I built, uh, sort of going back now, I think when I built my, I, I built a few small pits before the trailer, and then after I built the trailer, the Jack the Ruby pit. Um, that's when I sort of started building them commercially. Well, commercially, you know, is sort of a bit of a long stretch, but as in selling to the public, you know, and uh, yeah, so that was sort of, uh, when I thought this is what I want to do, uh, sort of set up, set up some machinery. I didn't go too crazy because I wasn't quite sure where I, I always sort of knew in the end that it was going to take off, you know, how can it not, you know, it, it, it can't not take off really. When you look at what it is, when you break it down, so it's bare bones, it's, you know, fire, meat, smoke, booze, you know, so that's basically, and it, it's a good gathering point for people. And that's what I sort of noticed after a while. It's, it's bringing people together, you know, um, it was bringing people together when I was cooking because p- people wanted to sort of get a free, free feed when I was sort of uh, learning the ropes, you know. I sort of, uh, it, it took a while for me to um, to put my brisket out there on the, on the um, socially, if you know what I mean. I just wanted it to be right. And so it was a lot of practicing. So, you know, family, friends would come over and have a feed and, you know, they'll give me a, you know, how was it? Yes or no, good, bad, you know. I think my biggest, my biggest critic is my old man, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, um, he got me into um, cooking in a very early age, you know, when I was a kid. Um, and being, you know, being part German, um, you know, doing the sauerkraut and the Kransky, you know, the sausage and the speck and, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, so that a very early age, I got introduced to that, you know, um, and yeah, so yeah, so that's uh, and then getting back on topic, um, the, yeah, when I fought, when I sold my first pit, it was to a guy down in um, where was it? Oh, I can't remember now exactly, but yeah, basically, um, I thought finally I sold one. That was a very exciting day, that one. And I thought, yeah, this is uh, this is definitely going to take off. And after, you know, obviously, you know, everyone knows the story, how long it takes and everything else. Um, yeah, that's sort of basically when I knew, when I sold my first pit. I thought, yep, that's it. I'll and so was sacrifice. that Jack the River? No, no, it was a, little, it was a small pit. It was like the little Lone, the little Lone Star pit that I built. Um, it was one of those. And uh, very excited, needless to say, I have to admit. Yeah. And that was it. And then, I, and then, um, so we kept in contact for a while. And he's, uh, 
I don't speak to much anymore, but yeah, that was sort of, um, that was the turning point, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. And we've, we've already talked about sort of the, um, the, the time it took for the scene to catch up to where you were. Basically you were sort of 10 years ahead of, of the rest of the country really. Was yeah. the demand for stick burners there from the start? Cause, uh, or were people sort of looking no. for you to make um, like some Australian-style grilling barbecues? Were they looking for fire pits and then you sort of got them into uh, offsets from there? Or sort of where, where was the market yeah, at no, at that time? I, I, there was basically no offsets at all um, for quite a few years. Um, I was making a few grills here and there. Obviously, I had to make something to try and get my business going. So I couldn't just focus solely on stick burners. So for a few months, I started sort of developing a couple of grills here and there and some fire pits. Um, and obviously, I had a, a stockpile of these offsets, you know, just sitting there. Um, just looking at them thinking, this, this has to take off. It has to take off. And obviously, one guy can't, you know, put the word out. You just can't do that. So you, you target saw the restaurants. Um, obviously, they can sort of put it out. And there wasn't anyone doing much at all. There was uh, Fancy Hanks was sort of very early on the scene. Um, and everyone, I'm sure everyone's heard of Joel from JR, you know, Smokehouse. So um, he was very early on the scene as well. Um, so there was two guys doing low and slow. And I think, I think, sorry, mate, it's a little I think between the three of us, um, and also Lance was around as well, Lance from Big Boy, you know, he was doing yep. some stuff as well. Yep, yep. Um, and I think between us, we slowly pushed it out and it was a very slow process. Um, even, even Kent from Fancy Hanks, he'll, he'll tell you it was a very slow um, build-up. A very slow build-up to the um, to the scene, you know. Um, I mean, I remember Kent used to come around and we used to hang around, just talk barbecue, and you know, try and swap a couple of barbecue sauce recipes. And yeah, it was it was kind of cool <laughs> in the early days, you know. Um, it was. Uh, I sort of gravitate towards things that aren't big sort of thing. Oh, it's hard to explain. Um, yeah. So it was all new, you know, um, and obviously watching the, uh, the American scene, I mean, I was just like a sponge, you know, just taking in all this information and, and basically my wife said, you just got to, you got to slow down a bit. You know, I was just, I was just every night just watching YouTube, just researching and yeah. So it was very, it, it was an exciting time, you know. Yeah, yeah. And how have you seen the demand change over the last 16 years? Well, um, I think probably around carnivores ball time, maybe a bit after that, um, pits were, were starting to get in demand. A lot of the restaurants were, were sort of dabbling in it. Um, so I was... Even the um, even some sort of higher profile 
chefs were getting involved. Um, you know, um, I was dealing with a lot of those guys. Uh, the boys from Patenio did a lot of stuff with those guys. Um, you know, I used to follow that. I used to watch what those guys were doing and they were, they were very cool. You know what they were doing. Those guys in Sydney. Um, and I think the restaurant scene was, was gathering momentum. Um, and there wasn't really any comps on at that time. Not like there is now. So I was a lot more backyard stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's a, and then obviously there's a couple of pit builders that came on board. Um, then there was, um, David Sprig, everyone knows Dave. Um, he brought in the Yoda guys. Um, it was funny actually, everyone used to think that we used to hate each other, you know, <laughs> we were in like massive competition. It, it was absolutely the complete opposite. You know, it's funny what people like to believe, you know, but no, so he, he was bringing in Yodas. Um, and it started to, to get some interest, you know, and I was like, finally, it's starting to, you know, pay dividends, you know, I mean, it's, if, if you want to get, if you want to make money, don't go into pit building. You got to do it because <laughs> you love it. You know, it's, it, there's not a lot of, uh, it's not a get rich quick scheme. You know, no. it's a, um, it, it's a definite labor of love. Um, you know, from the burns to the cuts to the, you know, cutting off tendons and breathing in all that horrible stuff. And, oh, um, wow. yeah, you know, heavy work, you know, it's, mm. it, it's really, uh, it's heavy work. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't call it heavy industry, but it's, it's, um, it's, it can be really taxing on your body, you know? Yeah. 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 So what mm. would you say are, are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome with, with Silver Creek? Uh, some challenges. Um, I think challenges, getting them into restaurants, that was a challenge. Um, that was, that, that was a challenge getting them trying to, trying to get the restaurant scene involved. Um, some took to it really well. Some didn't. Um, and I how did you do that? How people, did you get them on board? Did you just invite them to your house and then cook brisket for them and say, yeah, hey, you oh, could do yeah, this I commercially? Had, yeah. yeah, I had guys like, you know, Paul Wilson, for example, come to my house and I'll, I'll cook him up plates of food and just say, look, have a crack, try it, see what you think, you know? Um, so I built, I built quite a few pits for Paul. He's, you know, he's a great guy. Uh, so, yeah, so that was a challenge. Um, getting a place to build them was a challenge for me. Um, getting a place big enough. Um, so I've moved probably, you know, six times in seven years, just moving oh, wow. around. Oh, sorry, moving all my stuff around. And uh, <laughs> that's been a challenge. Um, just uh, getting, getting guys to roll my big barrels, the really big uh, smokers, that was a challenge to get someone to do that for me properly. Um, cause if you don't get barrels rolled properly, it can be a real issue. Um, there's a certain way you need to do it. So that was a bit of a challenge, but look, apart from that, um, keeping up my energy levels, that was a challenge, you know, I have to admit. Yeah. I sort of, uh, it was, it was nonstop. It was seven days a week. 
Yep. Yep. For many, for many years. Yeah. So I, I, um, I take it that, you, that, that you're now a part owner of the uh, V energy drink line now. No, I don't touch it now. I think uh, I think I get enough caffeine from the tea, but no, <laughs> I, um, I look, you know, I mean, um, I have to admit, I really didn't look after myself, you know, when I was, I was just flat out and I was sort of, I was eating badly and stuff like that. And so I sort of had to slow down a little bit. Um, and my health sort of took a bit of a hit. Um, that's, but now it's sort of, um, you know, I look back and how hard I pushed myself to, to get all this done. You know, I had a, I had a never ending vision of just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing as hard as I could mm. to get what I thought was the ultimate way to cook. You know, I mean, I mean, food is huge. Food is life. Food is everything, you know? Um, and cooking in this way for me was like, it's just, it's the ultimate respect for me personally. Um, and that's why I loved it so much. I think, uh, I mean, you look at it, I mean, animals die for what we do. Um, and I think the way we cook barbecue, um, and we treat it with love and respect. It shows that respect, you know, that's for me, that's me personally. Um, and that's what I loved about it for me. Um, yeah, yeah. And all that, you know, lighting the fires and, you know, maintaining fires and, and feeding people and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's, it's all a big part of it. Um, so you put it all together and it's just like, it's a never ending quest. Yeah. To, to yeah. just get better at it and better and better and push it more and more and more. Yeah. It's that, it's that pursuit of perfection, isn't it? It's, it's, just, it, you know, I mean, what's perfection, you know, what is it? Um, perfection will send a man crazy. That's what perfection will do someone, you know, mm. um, because perfection is a person who's never satisfied, you know, because I know, cause I'm, I, I I try and push that perfection. I have to, it's just in me and it's in a lot of people. Um, and yeah, it, it, it can wear you down, especially on a, on a bigger scale, you know, and just to let things be and go, you know, that's good enough. Um, and when you, when you sit there and you look at it, you think that's, that's great, but there's something in the back of your mind saying, no, I can do better. Yeah. You know, and that's what drives you. That's what drives you to be better, you know? So perfection is good. It can be, um, you know, it can be double-edged sword, you know, and it's, it's, I think if, if perfection, if, if it's in you, then it's very hard to let go. You know, I think that's why I build my pits on my own because I need to know, um, how it's been built and the quality of the build. And I just don't think I can hand that hand. I just can't handball that off. I just can't do it. Yeah. Fair enough. I, yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of those builds and the and the the high level of quality and the perfection that you are pursuing, you have built some of the mm. most iconic um, smokers on the Australian barbecue scene. So, uh, two that I oh, know of in 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 particular that, that are the. Um, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. No, thank um, you. No, I mean, uh, yeah, that, I, I uh, to get um, people to comment on, on on what I do and what I love to do and my creativity comes through in my pits. That's my vision. Um, yeah. I mean, like 
I've said it before, it keeps me going. It does. Yeah, it keeps yeah. me going. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank well, you. Two, two of the ones that, that come to my mind are the one that you built for Black Iron Smokers and the one that you built for, um, for Texas Barbecue. Could you tell us about those two builds, how they sort of came together? Yeah. Um, Adam Rothwell. He's a uh, he's a legend in himself, you know. He's, he's he's an awesome guy, and he was he was actually very early on the scene as well. Adam, um, he came to the first carnivores ball, and he was just standing in the background. I remember I, I remember it clearly. He was standing there, and um, I said, "Hey, go, mate." He's, he's sort of, if he, he, obviously you know Adam, I'll be assuming. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and you know he sort of, yeah, sort of looks. And, he said, what are you cooking? I said, oh, this and that. And I, was, I just sort of knew that this guy is going to be, uh, yeah, he's going to be in the scene. You know, there's some people go to the carnivores ball or go to any barbecue event. They go to go to eat, enjoy the night, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I knew he was going to be around for, for a long time. And, uh, yeah, so he, um, he got a small pit um, built off me, a little Lone Star. Um, which he still has now, which is fantastic. Um, and then he was doing a couple of barbecue um, competitions, and then he got more involved in it, more involved in it, and more involved in it. And then he said, "I need you to build me a trailer." So I said, "All right." So I built obviously I, I've built trailers before, bigger ones, smaller ones, but this was going to be I was going to try and make a statement with it, you know. Um, and it was big, it was heavy, you know, I mean, they think the firebox on it's three quarter inch thick, you know, so it, it's a decent heavy pit. Um, so we just, so we basically sort of gave me free reign of what to do. And I designed the, um, the, uh, the, the, the warmer on the, on the right hand side. So basically you can take your barbecue out from your pit, you can put it in the warmers and then you can serve off that. And it even kept your prep bench warm, so you know it, it's sort of it's sort of a bit of a working progress all the way around the pit. Um, and yeah, so he designed the all the stainless work, um, and he did an absolute amazing job on the awning, which is just killer, you know. Um, so yeah, he basically said, "Build me what you think I would like." So I sort of um, yeah. <laughs> It was a, uh, it, it was, it was a big build. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I have to admit, I'm very proud of that pit. Let's say, um, I had, I had a look at it the other day and it's just like that. Yeah. That's nice. You know, um, I, I, I you know, I mean, I, I never credit my own work. I mean, you, you just don't do that, but just the way it finished and the way it looks. Yeah. It's, um, it's a, it, it, it's a nice pit. Mm. It is. Yeah, for sure. Now, does that one have a nickname? Uh, does that one have a nickname? Well, not really. No, Tex, uh, Texas obviously is, 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 is what is his name, and don't think he's given it a name. No, not like the gangster. That was <laughs> that's Andrew from yeah Black Iron. That's that was his um, his idea. I'm not sure where he got the name from. I think I read the other day it was from from me. I'm, I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, that was another that was another pit that. Um, he basically gave me free reign on and, um, you know, he wanted to be as big as possible as in the trailer, the whole thing. Um, so it, it was sort of borderline. It was just on legal size. 
for double axle. So it's like 2.4 metres wide, I think it's 6 metres long, something like that. Uh, but the width, yeah, the width, it's a very wide pit and it's, it's a real low rider. So I, I wanted to, any vehicle that I have, I like it down low, you know, so a bit of a wheat burner. Um, so I said to him, we're going to drag it on the ground. Uh, and he was quite happy with that, as long as it didn't, you know, hit the curb. Um, and yeah, like a lot of rivets on it. And he sort of basically said, just do what you think, you know, build it. What, what would you, what, what you would build for yourself? You know, that's what I want. So a bit of planning involved. It took a while to build that one, sort of off on, on it. Um, and yeah, he, he chose the wheels, all the, the red trim and everything, which, which sort of fitted it nicely. Um, and yeah, you've seen it, um, after he's finished with all the, with all the, um, the benches and everything else, it's, um, and the awnings and everything. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's pretty spectacular. You know, so, yeah. Some people call it the bat, the Batmobile, you know, cause, yeah. cause, it, cause it rides so low. Um, and um, yeah, when I took it for, a, oh, I had to take it for a test drive to uh, get it weighed and all, all that sort of stuff. And uh, driving on the freeway, it was just, I sort of pulled over and just had a look, see how it was lying. And it was like, this thing looks like a stealth bomber, you know? So yeah, it got quite a few bips and yeah, it was, uh, it, was it was quite funny. But yeah, so he's, um, he's, he's rocking on that. He's built himself a, a, a really big pit, which looks absolutely amazing. Um, and he's another one. He's he's right into the game, and he just you know he's he's a big part of the barbecue community. You know, a lot of respect for the guy. Mm. Yeah, he he certainly is, and he does a lot of miles with that pit too. I've seen him uh, as he as does, far he up here it. and as far down as Melbourne, and he does. He drives it. He um yeah he's he's very mobile with that pit, and considering it's it's a heavy pit, um, it sits low and um, it, it toes well. I mean, it'd be a nightmare if it didn't, but. You know, those sort of heavy pits have to tow well, have to tow straight, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how that pit came about. And, um, you know, between two of us, we sort of um, – it, it, it's great when, when I get customers who want me to just do free reign on a pit and just say, look, you know what, I'll leave it up to you. I'll trust you with my pit. Um, and you know what guys are like with smokers. And girls, and you know, it's like they're babies, you know. They're, they're, all my, they're all my babies, you know, when I look at them. Um, it's sort of sad to see them when they drive off, you know, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so to have that, to have that trust, it's uh, it's pretty cool, you know. It's um, it, it's a big ask, and I've got a lot of I've got, you know, a lot of uh, I've got a big, what's that word? Help me out. Um, Responsibility. Um, yeah, responsibility. Uh, yeah, let's go with responsibility. <laughs> so, you know, if I if I get a customer who walks in and hasn't seen the pit, and they walk in and they uh, they go on their back foot when they've seen it, I can't ask for more than that. It yeah. means I've done my job, you know, um, and that's what I aim to do with every pit, whether it's a little little backyard pit or a big trailer pit, you know, the, 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 the quality doesn't go down. It just, it, it stays at a level where if I was getting a pit made, 
I would expect that quality. Mm. And so would you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yep. you know, um, because people, like I said, people are proud of their pits. They, they, they like to show them off. They like to, um, it's a big part of their life. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd, Ben Arnott. Alrighty, Paul, we're into segment three now, and this is the, the section of the episodes where we like to have our, have our guest give, a, give some advice, um, give a bit of a lesson, share some tips. And uh, I'd, we were talking off air before. We thought it might be a good idea if you sort of gave some pointers for people that want to maybe have a crack at, at, at DIYing their own smoker, that sort of thing. Um, so I'll, I'll throw it over to you and you can sort of share some wisdom with us. Yeah, I'll look. Um, anyone who wants to build a pit on their own, um, I get a lot of guys sending me pictures and emails of the, their pits they've built um, and just seeing what I think of them. And it's just, it's awesome. I love it. I love seeing that. You know, um, uh, they sort of, they worry about whether it's good enough. Um, but I mean, you know, you can smoke a brisket in a bin if you really want to, you know? So if you build, if you build a pit, that's, it's got a reasonable, uh, reasonable draw on it, which is a, a, a big, thing that a lot of guys who buy pits um, or make pits, their drawer isn't enough. So you're going to get smoldery wood in your firebox or you have to leave your back door open a bit, which in turn you can't control the um, the airflow and stuff like that. That's usually a big one. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, if you're going to build a pit, um, first, um, sorry, what was, uh, where are we going? But we're going back to my suggestion on how to build a pit or? Yeah, just just tips and oh, advice no, for. That's all right. That's all right. Just some tips and advice for the DIYers out there. Tips and advice. Um, tips and advice. Maybe I'll start you off with a question. Then you you're mentioning draw mm, before, yeah, and not. and and how draw is so important. How 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 do you go about calculating draw? Um, I I did it basically by trial and error in the early days, but uh, the air that's getting sucked into your pit. Um, the chimney has to be able to, like, in, in my mind, let more out than it can suck in. So you can always back it off, you know, but if, if the air getting sucked in, the chimney can't let it out, that's when you're going to get a, a slack draw. Um, you can always, you can always slow a pit down. You can't speed it up to, to full capacity if, if your drawer isn't right. And that's when you get, like I said, you get, um, you get wood that won't burn properly. You get a bit of sort of acrid taste in your meat. Um, like you said, that thin blue line, that won't be achieved if your pit hasn't got a drawer in it. Simple as that. It'll smolder, it'll be white and thick and black, uh, you know, sort of that brandy whitey smoke, which you certainly don't want. Um, you know, I mean, I, I know a lot of guys now, even in the States, you know, I'll speak to quite a few guys, you know, they're getting, you know, they're getting no smoke at all. They're running hot and fast and, and clean as clean burn. No wow. thin blue line. They're, they're just sort of, um, yeah. And it's like hot and fast was, I'd never heard of hot and fast, you know, when I first started. And now it's starting to become quite popular, you know. Um, mm. So that means you're going to do hot and fast. You need a you know, pit that can really draw. Otherwise, you just won't get those results, you know. Um, 
So yeah. Um, so what are the key elements advice. then to 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 making that draw work? Does it literally come down to the size of the intake and the size of the uh, exhaust, or is it to do with the the height of the chimney, or what's the what's the the, uh, well, the key elements yeah, to height of the chimney is obviously a longer the chimney, the harder the draw. That's um, that pretty much stands to reason. Um, me personally, I like putting my chimneys in the center of the pit. Um, so you get an even draw across your pit. Um, that's my theory behind it. So you, so, so, so the air gets sucked right across the pit and then out from the center of your pit, then it goes out instead of doing a sort of up vertical up like that. Um, working out your chimneys and stuff that, that all sort of depends on how big your pit's going to be, you know, um, if it's a small pit, then you sort of have to, that's the thing. I mean, that, all, all that stuff comes from, from, um, um, experience, you know, it's sort of hard to say what chimney to put on a, a, a pit that's going to be, you know, two meters long. And I'm not sure how, what the diameter is going to be, all that sort of stuff. It, it's sort of, um, yeah, it's sort of hard to explain. Uh, if someone actually gave me a dimension, you know, I could probably help them out of, of, of what they need. Um, happy to do that. It's no problem. But yeah, so you got to but just just make sure that your airflow is your chimney can handle your airflow that's getting sucked in. Um, if you don't, you'll pretty much know soon. You'll get a lot of smoke leaking out of your doors. Um, that's a good sign of a slacker draw when you get the, chim- the, the the smoke pouring out of your doors all the time. You can't seem to seal it. Mm-hmm. That's one giveaway. Um, that there's not enough. Um, that chimney can't take all that heat and smoke out, so it's got to go somewhere else, and that's that's out through your doors because you can't seal steel on steel. It's just it, it can't be done. You'll still get leaks even if it's a even if it looks like it's a press fit. You know, it's that tight of a fit. Um, you'll still get the odd puff here and there. Um, but you, you, you can you can get them tight. Uh, but like I said, if, if your drawer is no good, then you'll see more of that, you know. Um, so a combination of the right drawer and a tight door, which is probably one of the hardest things to do in, in building a smoker, is getting that tight door. Um, I've had a few uh, sleepless nights over some big pits. It's just like, uh, <laughs> and it all comes down to um, how the barrels have been rolled. Um, whether it's pipe or it's been, you know, rolled. Um, pipe can have a lot of spring in it too. Uh, and if your doors do ping, um, you, you, you can't just um, – I've heard of guys trying to run over the doors with, with the car and try and bend them and it, you actually physically you actually physically need to re-roll them or, 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 or press them. You've got to press it because it's got spring in it and you'll never get that spring unless you actually physically bend it. Uh, I've heard all sorts, mate, of what people, what guys try and do. You know, it's it's. Um, so yeah, so so, pinging doors can be an issue with um, um, what you call amateur builders, I, I guess. You want to call DIY, I guess you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Uh, getting the barrels can be a a, a, a problem. For, 
to start off with. So you can uh, go to your local fab fabricator guy and see if they can roll up a barrel um, for you. Or if you can get, if you're lucky to get your hands on an old gas tank, just make sure that it's been decommissioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do not want to kind of do a gas cylinder or a gas tank if you if you're not sure. So just don't do it. It's all good fun, Mark. Yeah. Just come down, come down one day and build a pit with us. Mate, I would love to do that. I, um, I'm a teacher by profession, so I'm not necessarily super good on the tools, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm building an outdoor barbecue area here at the moment. And oh, I, I was did angle, see that. I was cutting some, uh, some corrugated iron with an angle grinder and the, uh, yeah. the disc exploded on me and it yeah. terrified the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. I was actually, um, I was actually rolling a barrel yesterday for a pit and, um, when you roll, you've got to sort of overroll. Uh, I'm not going to go into the to the things of rolling rolling um, steel, but it, it sort of flat back and it, it pulled apart and it's it slapped back on the roller. I mean, I've got big rollers, you know, so you're welding quarter inch stuff. Um, and the, the the noise that it made, it was just it absolutely took my breath away, mate. It was just like, yeah, it was. I had no idea what it was, and um, yeah, so yeah, things like exploding discs can. Um, um yeah just don't use cheap flap discs that's all i can say yeah Look, that's probably a good point for us to start uh wrapping up this this episode of the show so i'm going to throw it over to you now you can uh give some shout outs and some thanks to whoever you'd like to say thank you to and make sure you tell all the listeners and all the viewers where they can track you down on the internet yeah um basically oh look i just want to thank everyone who supported me who's built uh, who, who who has who has bought a pit off me um and all the guys who I've catered for, um, yeah, it's it's a big barbecue family out there, and you know, I've I've really only heard nothing but kind words said about me, um, and that that is, I can't ask for any more than that, to be honest, um, and to have my work sort of, I won't say scrutinised, but heavily looked into. Um, when I get a pit, when someone picks their pit up and they actually really have a look over it. Um, I don't know whether people, I think people in general, they'll try and look for faults maybe. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's overwhelming to be honest, to have such a, um, a, a positive feedback from the general public and guys like yourself, like I said, it, it, it does keep me going, you know, and it, emphasizes the fact that I, I think I'm doing something right, you know, um, and that's satisfaction to me. Um, yeah, what can I say? It's just, um, it's been a, uh, it's been a journey, mate. I, I feel very lucky, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, just uh, just make sure that you tell everybody now where they can track you down on the on the internet, yeah, on the absolutely. social media, all that sort of stuff. Um, social media, um, my social media, I'll be honest, does need a bit of a bump. Um, I've got a lot of pictures and and stuff that I, I I keep meaning to put up on social media. I just for some reason I just sort of, um, yeah, I just sort of fall back. I just fall a bit on the wayside on that. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I, on Instagram, um, Facebook, and obviously my website. Um, and that's sort of basically where you can find me, I guess. And you just um, named Silver Creek Smokers across all of that? That's it. Yep. Awesome, mate. Awesome. So, yeah. 
Well, look, I, I just want to say thank you very much for for taking time out of your day. I I do realise that you are busy. That that it is a uh, oh, a, a, a seven day a week passion for you and a, and and a business. Yeah. And so I I yep. really appreciate it. And as I said at the start, it's been a real privilege for us to have. Um, someone with your wealth of experience in the barbecue scene joining us on the show today, and uh, oh, I can mate. tell you right now we've got uh, you know in the in the tens of dozens of uh, of thumbs up and little love hearts and all that on the socials on this live oh, uh, recording great. right now. Yeah, um, that's sad. and uh, yeah. I mean, look, I said if I could contribute in any way, um, it's like uh, yeah, it's um, if anyone needs any answers or got any questions or queries, if they're building their own pit. They're more than happy to give me a call. I'm, uh, you know, I've got nothing there, you know, there's nothing there that I can't, um, um, if, if I can't help in any way, then I can't. But if I can, I'm happy to um, assist anybody. Yeah, no problems at all. Beautiful, mate. Well, thank you very much for your time today. No, pleasure. All right, guys. Thanks, Ben. All righty, there you have it. That was uh, Paul Reitmeyer from Silver Creek Smokers. What a treat. How good was that? Um, he was in the scene before the scene was a scene. And now I, I did say that at the start of the episode and now we've been all the way through it. Now you can really uh, appreciate what I was trying to, uh, what I was trying to express there. Um, that was so good. That was so good. And I feel really privileged that, uh, that Paul was able to share that time with us. So before I let you know, uh, before I let you go, I need to let you know um, that, uh, you know, uh, BarbieCon is coming June 26 and 27. Keep that free. There's going to be some more information coming about that shortly. We're going to have a whole bunch of different presenters um, teaching you all about different aspects of barbecue, cooking on Saturday and businesses on Sunday. So that's going to be a real treat for you. If you're at the start of your barbecue journey, head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com. We've got recipes, we've got tips, we've got how-tos, and we do have that free ebook available for you as well, The Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. If you are on Facebook, do come and join the the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community over there. It's the nicest little corner of the internet to be. And it's also where we do the live recording of these podcasts. So if you've been watching the video and you've been seeing the little comments come up on the screen, little questions here and there, if you're part of that community, then you can be a part of the show as well. And then, of course, however you are watching or listening to this, um, make sure that you do give us all the thumbs up and the likes and the shares and the hearts and the follows and the, all of that sort of stuff. Um, particularly the, the five star ratings and reviews. We've had a couple of new ones come in. I'm going to give them a shout out in the next episode. It's been absolutely fantastic on Apple podcasts. Um, that goes a long way to helping us out. And if you hadn't seen in the socials there, just, uh, I think last week I put something up in the last 30 days, we have been as high as number six for food in the American podcast charts. So that is just absolutely huge. And it does come down to those five-star ratings and reviews. So we do thank you very much for that. And that is about all the time that I do have for today. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions.